You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Bloomberg Quick Takes Tim Stenovic from Bloomberg Radio. If you think of tech hubs, you often think of Silicon Valley on the West Coast, Silicon Alley in New York City, cities like Raleigh, North Carolina, Cambridge, Massachusetts. The mayor of one southeast city, though, is looking to add his to this list. Well, he and his city of Miami, the subject of a story in Bloomberg Business Week magazine this week. Carol caught up with the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, and started by asking about the tweet that got the ball rolling. You have been looking forward when it comes to your city of Miami, looking to make it a high-tech city. Tell us about the viral moment back in December when a Silicon Valley yeah. venture capitalist tweeted about moving to Miami from Silicon Valley who asked, okay guys, hear me out. What if we move Silicon Valley to Miami? You were responded i did i said how can i help <laughs> and frankly it was it's been a 10-year passion project for me i'm a fairly young man i was a fairly young elected official when i was elected i was 32 um I'm, i was 40 when i was elected mayor uh, so I, I understand and i understood uh, and i've understood for 10 years that the future of our economy as a as, as a country as a as a as a world is tech-based. That is inescapable from my perspective. That is nonpartisan from my perspective. That's just a reality. And the quicker that cities embrace that reality and start fashioning their economies around that reality, the better off and the more equitable cities that we're going to have in America. And so that has been our goal, our mission. The How Can I Help tweet was sort of a lightning in the bottle moment where we propelled ourselves from someone sort of on the outer range of the conversation to literally the city that's most talked about right now in the world on tech, whether we, whether anyone thinks that we're going to overtake Silicon Valley tomorrow or not, no one can dispute the fact that everybody right now is talking about Miami tech. It is the hottest uh, thing, and it's been hot since that December 4th tweet, which is, I think, uh, an accomplishment in and of itself because, right. you know, we live in a 24-hour news cycle where news changes quickly and people move on to the next story. And, you know, to, to keep and maintain the attention of the city for over four months of the country Right. Over four months in the world, really, is, is a significant achievement. Right. But talk is one thing. Action is another. So tell me about, you know, you've had conversations or you've been tweeting with Elon Musk. Um, what's the plan? What's the specific responses? What's the specific actions that maybe are coming from either venture capitalists or investors to help create your mission? Look at the deliverables just in the last four months. Uh, we have... Uh, through our DDA program, created 850 jobs just in the last four months. That's uh, with an average pay of over $100,000. That's over $85 million of economic 
uh, activity just from one program in one section of the city. We had SoftBank that created a $100 million Miami initiative for companies that are going to be built here in Miami or people that are moving to Miami. We had the author of that tweet, Delian, uh, who uh, helps run the Founders Fund, which is probably the most prominent VC firm in San Francisco, open an office in Miami. So you have Founders Fund led by Delian, led by Peter Thiel, led by uh, led by Keith Rebois, who were sort of part of that PayPal um, mm-hmm. uh, group Mafia. of people that created pay- <laughs> PayPal. Well, you could say it. I, I, I won't say it. I won't use that word just because it's so derogatory. But, I know, I know. but yes, you know, the PayPal group of, of, of people that, that started PayPal, you know, and then, and then having, you know, conversations with Elon Musk about how do we look towards the new future of transportation and transportation technology. I mean, if you just look at those deliverables alone, right. you've seen that well, we've radically changed Miami in, in four months. Have you talked with Elon Musk directly or has it been all through tweets? Yes. You have? No, no, I've talked to him directly. Um, we, a phone call, we, we spoke by phone for about 30 minutes. Um, he was excited about the prospect of Miami being his second, quote unquote, second customer for the boring company. Um, I went out to Las Vegas and saw the boring company's boring tunnels in person right. um, and was just blown away. I took technical experts from the city, from the county, and they were blown away by the technology and by the ability to do it at a fraction of the cost. Well, but how do you do it? Because, I mean, there's things that you've tried to do. Listen, we all were talking about it at the newsroom when you um, put out a resolution to potentially pay some of your municipal workers in Bitcoin, except taxes in the cryptocurrency, maybe invest city funds in it. The Miami City Commission, though, only agreed to look further into the matter at some unknown future date. It feels like it's going to be an uphill battle. Will it? And are you still working to make Miami a crypto hub? Oh, absolutely. And no, I don't think it's an uphill battle at all. I think it was a four to one vote. I mean, in politics, you rarely ever get a unanimous vote. Uh, You know, one of the commissioners wanted to sort of dilute uh, the resolution a little bit. And look, you know, they're they're both commissioners that are over 70 years old. I understand that for them, it's something that maybe uh, they don't understand quite as much as someone who's in their 40s or 30s or 20s. So, yeah, there's definitely an education process. There's definitely a collaboration process when you're dealing with a council. Um, you know, and a mayor council relationship, that's always, uh, uh, you know, whether it's crypto or whether it's uh, right. tr- garbage cans. I mean, it, it, it's always well, something that's complicated and tenuous and, and you have to work on it continually and you have to gain people's trust issue by issue. So I, I, I think a four to one vote was a resounding vote right. uh, to go forward. Uh, and now we have to go into the next phase, which is to procure a company that will do it. Um, in terms of the last piece, which is for us to invest, look, if we would have invested when I when I suggested, we would have been up, you know, thirteen thousand uh, uh, dollars, you know, which is about twenty percent. But but the key is uh, there may be some state laws that are required to be passed that allow us to hold crypto. But the state government right now, based on some legislation that I've advanced, has imitated Wyoming's crypto uh, laws. And that is uh, fading through the legislature and hopefully will pass and be signed into law this legislative session. Right. And we're looking at things like chartered banks. Um, that will allow people to deposit crypto into banks. So there's a lot of uh, innovation coming on the crypto space in Miami. We also want to be a, a mining hub for, for, for well, the world. But like something with the boring you know, company with, with Elon Musk, to do that, it's not easy. Like you have a high water table. I mean, are these things realistic? In terms of something like the boring company, you know, people, it's amazing how people advance obstacles without even doing the most basic research. One of the things that I said very, very clearly in my tweets when I came back from Las Vegas is, and, and you may be shocked to hear this, the Las Vegas tunnels mm-hmm. are bored underneath the water table. In mm-hmm. other words, they're bored under the water. 
So, you know, people would just take a time and a minute to read my social media posts because I answer point by point the concerns that people have, like water table, which is a natural one that people say, oh, you know, Miami, the water table. Well, guess what? Las Vegas also has a water table. And guess what? The tunnels are built underneath the water table. So they're built underwater, right. just like they would be well, in Miami. There's absolutely no difference. I love that you talk about, you know, read my tweets, because listen, this is, you know, you've talked with Elon Musk, social media and becoming popular socially um, on platforms can really provide some momentum for whatever mission. Elon Musk has certainly proven, proven that out. So tell me about politically, how does this plan get more momentum if you get another term as mayor, you face re-election at the end of the year? Is a run for governor for Florida part of your bigger plan in order to to, you know, carry out your your hopes of creating, my, you know, putting making Miami a high-tech city? Well, listen, for me, uh, I, I hate to sound overly political in my answer, but I sort of take it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my, my singular focus is, is, you know, presenting a concrete vision for the future so that I am reelected. Uh, I was blessed to be elected by 86 uh, percent when I was elected in 2017. So I'm hoping uh, that I can maintain or grow on, on that. Uh, confidence that I have from my residents. After that, if I'm elected in November, um, I become and I assume the role of president of the U.S. Conference of Mayors. So I'm president of all the mayors nationally beginning January 1st, uh, and I was selected by my peer mayors across the country. So that's a huge honor for me, and it's going to allow this Miami movement, this moment that we've converted into a movement, to hopefully become a template for how successful cities should be run and mm-hmm. the technologies they should be investing in and the kind of ecosystem and economy that all cities should be really fighting for and striving for. So that's my hope. Whatever happens from that point forward, um, you know, it's in God's hands. And uh, I'll be uh, very glad and very happy uh, to potentially consider other offices in the future, depending on the circumstances. Because just quickly, being governor could maybe help in a big way, right? Of course. I mean, <laughs> you know, when you're, when, when you're if any governor uh, of, of a state, has a huge role in things that I consider to be critical, like education, for example. I think, you know, what we want to do in Miami is we want uh, equality of opportunity. We want to make sure that every child in our city has an opportunity to be successful. Uh, we call that Miami for everyone. And so if you're a governor of a state, one of the biggest things that you propose in terms of your budget is education spending. And I think one of the things that Florida should do is strive to be uh, the highest per capita spending state on education in, in the United States. And that's something that we should have as a goal. Because if we educate our children, we're giving them the best chance to be prosperous in a modern day economy. That's Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami. Check out the story on him in the magazine this week by Bloomberg's Miami bureau chief, Jonathan Levin. Find it on newsstands, online, and on the Bloomberg. And that wraps up the weekend edition of Bloomberg Business Week from Bloomberg Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Carol Masser. And I'm Tim Stenevec. Be sure to tune into our Bloomberg Business Week daily show Monday through Friday, starting at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. You can also watch our daily broadcast on YouTube. Just search Bloomberg Global News. Check out, too, our Bloomberg Business Week podcast, where you can hear the entire conversations of our guests featured in today's weekend show. Find that at Bloomberg.com, Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also see me on Bloomberg Quick Take. It's available at Bloomberg.com slash QT and streaming platforms like Roku, Apple TV, Samsung TV, and more. Bloomberg Business Week, it's available on newsstands now at Bloomberg.com and on the Bloomberg Terminal. Have a great weekend, everyone. This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor Q&B. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.